Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with that sat in your chair, I've got you. If you want to become a legendary leader for the team you lead, hit me up and hit me up soon. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we're joined by Alex Newman, founder and CEO of the Newman Consulting Group. Alex has an amazing background in both sales and sales leadership. He's been a founder. He's been a sales leader. He's had every, nearly every single sales leadership position. And now, after a wildly successful run in leading sales teams of all shapes and sizes, Alex now helps companies move past founder-led sales and transition into the world of highly scalable sales systems. He's an engineer. He's a system builder. And Alex's work has led to team growth, new rounds of funding, and some pretty impressive acquisitions. Alex recently launched his prospecting playbook with great success as sales teams worldwide have scooped up his insights around the world for building strong, predictable sources of revenue. Now, Alex helps sales leaders and companies of all sizes learn to generate revenue fast and keep that engine running fast for years. I'm a big fan of Alex's work, and I am so excited to have him join me in an important conversation that are going to help every one of our 20,000 listeners get off to a fast start. Alex, welcome to our show, and thanks so much for joining me. Wow, with an intro like that, I think I need to bring you everywhere I go. That was, uh, that was pretty cool. I, uh, you for hire? Because uh, I got a second row in my truck. You can just sit there and pump me up all the time. I'm in, baby. With all the success you're having right now, I'm 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 happy to ride on the back of your motorcycle. Okay, I'm in. That's awesome, Alex. Thank you. I'm really glad to have you. Uh, thank you so much for for uh, being willing to talk to our listeners for a little bit today. Um, I, I couldn't be more pumped to have you join us this week. Thank you. I appreciate for having me on. It's uh, it's one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. So uh, the fact that you asked me to be on is a big honor. Big fan of uh, of you and the show. Uh, and uh, excited to talk about this. This is my jam. This is what I love to talk about. Good. Well, this is an important jam. You know, any time of year, it's an important jam. I think this time of year, it probably even has more attention, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And so before we get into it, though, let's let's talk about you. Um, why don't you take a minute and let's introduce you. Let's introduce your firm to all of our listeners. We've got 20,000 sales leaders all around the world that are listening to you right now. But talk to us just for a couple of minutes about, about your firm and what you do for your clients. Yeah, so we, uh, I, I lead a, a group of sales consultants and coaches uh, through Newman Consulting Group. Uh, we run B2B sales audits and uh, develop and enhance sales playbooks for organizations. So we'll come into companies and help them identify any kind of bottlenecks or uh, pitfalls and reasons why teams and organizations are underperforming. Uh, we give kind of a step by step reasons as to where these holes are. Uh, we give an assessment and then we also give recommendations. Uh, and then companies will say, hey, can you come in and actually help us? So we work with their leadership, work with founders, CEOs, C-level execs, VPs of sales, and then the sales teams to build out the playbooks or enhance what they currently have so that they can um, accelerate revenue and really scale results. Uh, we put a lot of the foundational learnings into place. So uh, it's a sustainable machine and it works really, really well. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We love doing it. That's, that's an awesome spot to be. I love that business model, how you come and you diagnose first, just help them with the diagnostic. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and then as a result, people are saying, hey, you've brought me some insight. Can you help me fix things or improve things? Or just because we're trying to get better doesn't mean something's broke. That's the other, I think, probably something that you probably help people realize. You yeah. don't have to be broke to try to get better, right? 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we get, we get, you know, reached out to and said, Hey, this isn't working or this isn't working or it's, Hey, I think that there's a, there's a better way to do this. Uh, I I've taken it as far as I've taken it and I don't know what to do. And I need a third party set of eyes who knows what they're supposed to be looking for can pinpoint that and help us take it to the next level. I mean, half the time it is symptoms and not actual problems that they're trying to fix and so, or, or even focus on. So what we'll do is we'll come in, we know what we're looking for. We've done it before multiple times. We'll identify actually what the problems are, what it is that they're trying to replicate or trying to reproduce, and then build the correct foundations in order to scale that versus just, you know, volume, 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 or more, 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 which just kind of creates more and more issues. Okay. I appreciate it. One last thing before we hit the topic of the day, brother, yeah. uh, what drew you to sales? Just a little bit about your story. How'd you get into sales? You know, why'd you stay in it? Just a little bit about yeah. your journey would be awesome for our listeners to hear before we dive in. Uh, so I started in sales with Cutco Knives. Um, no way. Is where it all started. No way. Was, That's uh, awesome. I was a host at Chili's for four days and I said, life's too short and I can't do this anymore. Um, and I went and tried to go do something else and had a bunch of like random jobs. And my mom found a classified ad when there was newspapers, uh, for vector marketing. And you can make like 15 bucks an hour doing these appointments and sell Cutco knives. So I did that and jumped on board and got my butt kicked for a while. Um, and I was given an ultimatum that um, I could either stick with it and figure it out um, or quit and go do something else. And I have a no quit mentality. So um, I, uh, I stuck with it. I, I really invested in myself and we can kind of dive into exactly what happened. But um, yeah, I saw the potential as, as far as income goes. I love the flexibility my, uh, my family, there's a bunch of entrepreneurs and I love the lifestyle. So I've always wanted to be in that world and they always identify themselves as salespeople first. Mm. So I figured if I can sell, uh, I can, uh, I can kind of go through this. So I started through that and, um, never left. I've, uh, certainly questioned leaving sales, uh, a handful of times when you get beat up, but, yep. um, you know, I love it through and through. It's uh, it's the greatest profession in the world. Without a doubt. We are, I am a proud member of the world's greatest profession. Sales has been good. And and guys like you that are helping elevate that and make it better are people that I really appreciate. And I've been following Alex for a while and, and uh, love the stuff you've been sharing and talking about and con- contributing to the sales community. And yeah. one of the things that I wanted to reach out, you recently in your firm, I know you guys build playbooks for organizations and that's one of the things you help do. You recently launched a really interesting playbook that we're going to dive into. But before we dive into it, I want to talk about the concept of playbooks for a second, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, For sales leaders, we're leading teams. Our mission as sales leaders is to create predictability, predictability in what we provide to the companies, predictability in the growth that we can help create for our reps, predictability in the outcomes that we can create for our customers. I, I, I think that's like one of the things that too often is overlooked as the most important job of a sales leader is to create predictability. Why do you think playbooks are so important? As someone who builds a lot of them and is yeah. an expert in them, I got a whole bunch of sales leaders here that probably have some kind of a playbook, but I'd be willing to bet it hasn't been looked at for a long time or retooled for a while. Why are playbooks important for a sales leader who wants predictability, scale, success in 2022? I mean, as easy as to say it is everybody sells the same way. I mean, if everyone sells the same way with the same process, using the same types of messaging, follows the same type of sales stages, uh, talks about the story in the same way, talks about the pain points in the right way, uh, helps buyers kind of throughout the entire journey. We, uh, I, I talk a lot about guiding people to purchase versus trying to convince them to buy. Um, and, and I think that inside of a playbook, you have a methodology, you have a system that you can bring people into your company and everybody actually works the same way so that you can identify from a metrics driven approach, 
what's working well, what's not working well, and you can measure and identify what's happening so that you can also measure improvement when you make any kind of changes. The playbook allows you to get off of this winging it approach or this, hey, lone ranger, go do whatever you got to do to make a number. This is a systematic way to be able to grow an organization and scale results, not scale people, but scale results. And that playbook is kind of that central foundation that everybody can can kind of base it on. That's 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 a good way of wrapping up a playbook and why you have them. Um, let's talk about the prospecting playbook that you built for a second. Uh, yeah. This this new playbook you, re, you you just launched with great success. I'm excited about it for you. I, I I'll encourage our listeners to to check it out. We're going to put a link in our show notes on how they can go get a hold of it. You've put a lot of, of work into this. What made you decide that it was so important to build a prospecting playbook for you to share with sales leaders all around the world? Uh, a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, I get asked questions about prospecting every single day and it comes out to be the same 10 or 20 questions all the time. Um, so I wanted to put together a resource that really any sales rep could get a hold of. It's 150 bucks. Like anybody can afford it. You should have any company should be able to pay for this for their for their teams and for their reps. And I wanted to make it in a video way so that you can see me doing it. You could see my passion. You can see me explaining it versus just uh, something that you have to read or a blog that you have to digest on your own. Um, it answers proactively so many of the questions that sales reps have, as well as goes in depth on a lot of the things that they don't even think about, that they might um, ideate on or they might hear inside their sales org, but they have no idea how to actually put it into play. People are saying, oh, uh, talk about the customer and make it about them and all of these phrases that you hear, you might see on LinkedIn, you might see on Twitter. But what does it actually mean like to actually do it? How do you actually show a customer that you did your research? How do you show them that you understand what it is that they go through? It's different than just saying, you should talk about your customer's pains. And so I wanted to put together a resource for really anyone to take hold of. Um, and then I wanted to put it in such a way that you could access it at any single point in time. You didn't need to pay a lot of money for it. You could not have to talk to me each and every single time and you have access to it forever. So it's not like a limited amount of time or a license or anything like that. Now we could do a whole show on some of the stuff you just talked about. For our listeners that are listening, that are sales leaders, what I thought was really interesting is it's not just some bullet points and things that are written down. The, 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 what I'm taking from you is, is if we're going to be actively involved as sales leaders and helping people grow and drive the growth and development of people, showing is better than talking, right? Um, yeah. you're, you're demonstrating. You're, you're, you're not just saying, read this and figure it out. You're, you're actually demonstrating. I, I like show me leaders a lot. Like the, There's three forms of trust. And the second one, they're all starts with C. The second one is competency trust. And when people see that you have the competency to do it, um, it, it becomes so much easier to lead them. So I, I really love that you built that into the way you did the playbook. So so let's 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 focus on prospecting generally, and let's 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 dive into what makes for good prospecting playbooks. Let's talk about. I I, I think prospecting is the lifeline for every salesperson. I like I said, you, you said it first. You beat me to it, man. I say it a lot on the show, but you beat me today. We are part of the greatest profession in the world when yeah. it's done right. And, um, and a lot of people, for whatever reason in sales, don't think prospecting is their job. A lot of people think someone else should prospect for them and they'll just close. Yeah. And I have this belief. I can't wait to hear what you think. My belief is if you can't prospect, you're not a salesperson, period. That the most important skill is the ability to find deals. And that's why I will never stop talking about prospecting on the show. I'd love to get your thoughts on Pros yeah. where prospecting lies and like that pantheon of skills for salespeople. I mean, if you can generate your own business, you'll never go hungry. Mm. Like if you can generate your own business, you don't have to rely on anybody for anything ever. What, what else can you say that for anywhere else? 
if you can generate your own business from scratch, you can always make money. You can always make more money and more money and more money and prove it. And so I look at it and say, you know, are, are you not a sales rep if you don't prospect anymore? You know, that's up for debate. But I look at it and say, every single salesperson, and I, and I sell today. Yes, I am a sales leader, but I have to sell for my own business. Yep. Every single one of my clients, I will get into the trenches and I will make the cold calls. My Ooh. favorite thing now is making video messages. Those things kill it these days. Okay. I write the emails. I will do it all because it is how you actually build a company. Without salespeople, companies don't exist. Without revenue, the company doesn't exist. So if nobody's bringing this stuff in, nobody else has a job. So it's kind of cool to be able to say, hey, my role pays for everybody else's role and their families and their vacations and their retirement and so on and so forth. And that's kind of a big, big idea, but it's kind of fun to think about. But you look at it and you go, salespeople truly, and I think about it from the top of the funnel, if you cannot prospect you are going to struggle at some point in time if you are in the sales profession. Whether you are an SDR, BDR, AE, sales manager, VP of sales, it is going to hit you in some form or fashion. Now, at an SDR level, it is your core group. So if you can't do it, you're probably not going to last very long. If you're an AE, 20, 25, 30% of your quota should come from what you self-generate. If you are not self-generating it and you are relying on your SDR, who, if anything, you work for them, you should yes. beg them, and your marketing team, which you should beg to be aligned with you so that it sends you the right stuff, you should be generating 20, 25, 30% of your own, own quota. Otherwise, you're probably not going to hit it because that's where all the bigger deals come from and that's the relationship. Sales manager. If you can't generate your own business, you know what that is? Recruiting. <laughs> Sales leadership is recruiting. You are a professional recruiter. And if you can't find great people who want to come to your org and work for you because of your approach and your methodology and how you teach and coach, like who wants to go work for anyone who can't do that? And it works all the way up to sales org. So to me, there is prospecting and then there's kind of everything else. I love that. Dude, we can drop the mic, make this a short episode and give everybody the rest of their time back. I, I, dude, you, I love your passion. I, I'm, I'm over here on the other end giving you an amen on all what you're saying, man. I love it. You're, you're firing me up, and I hope you're firing up our leaders. So, so given what you just said, man, I, I've, I've, I'm burning up notes already. I, 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 I have so many interesting things you've written down. You talked about system. You used the word once earlier that I really like it's it's about having a system because a system is something that you can measure and you can improve and you can be intentional with and it's it's more than just grinding isn't it I mean I, that's what I love about what you just said is I, I, I'm I'm very aware of one thing right now I think part of what's leading to so much burnout that we're seeing happening in our profession a lot of change happening man I've never seen more job changes in the beginning of a year than I'm seeing yeah. right now like it's, it's crazy, right? Um, I believe that we that we've had had too much emphasis on just effort. It's work hard. It's the one more call. It's the you know outdoing it. We have this either or construct. Well, if I'm going to be having the best year of my career, I'm going to have to sacrifice the rest of my life. I'm going to have to kill it. And and no, that's what systems help us do, right? Systems help us get better, so we can work hard. I'm not saying don't work hard. We can work hard but we don't have to sacrifice every other part of our life because we can have predictability. And if we have leaders that are listening to us right now that are leaning on the grind and are leaning on the work hard lever rather than the let's get better, let's choose growth lever. I think today will be something that will really help them. Yeah. I mean, I think the system is how you uh, can get better in a measurable and predictable way month over month, year over year. And instead of this more, more, more volume, 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 which usually is not the answer, it can be with scaling results, but it's usually not the answer with any individual person. The places that I see the most that skip over the most 
is when we just do some surface level training, ah. like you, you're starting a new job right now. Uh, you're thinking about, Hey, I'm, I'm bailing on this company. I'm going to go get a different role. Think about what is that initial training look like? What does that ramp time look like? And it's not just what the company actually provides you. What are you actually curious about? Because the best reps, and I know, Rob, you see the same thing. The best reps are actually curious and interested in what the hell they're actually selling. They understand the customer. Not, hey, I can read this Google Doc or I can read this Excel spreadsheet and it makes sense. And I'm going to copy and paste these pain points into my email. I mean that if you were to sit down with an ideal customer profile for a beer or a coffee or whatever it is, and you had a conversation, could you talk for an hour about what do they go through? What are they reading? How do they get promoted? What are they stressed about every day? How do they get their job done every single day? What is it that their boss beats them up about all the time? What are they stressed about? What are they achieving? When you can actually understand all of that, that's the foundation of any solid sales rep. And any sales leader needs to instill that inside of their rep to want to be curious, to want to be interested. And what is the system is going to be designed to support all of that. So it'll provide videos of customers uh, and why they bought. It'll provide uh, examples of emails and calls and things that were successful. It will provide the documentation that is needed along the way in order to be successful. But it all starts with understanding like what is that first piece and then you put it through the system. So let's talk about a system. Like I'm so excited. I mean, I can't believe we're already 20 minutes in. I got 25 minutes left with you, man. And I want this to be 25 minutes that is a game changer for these leaders that are listening to you. When we're going to build a prospecting system, when we're going to build a system, I love that you started with curiosity. How do you help members of your sales team lead with curiosity? You know, that, that can sometimes be a buzzword and I do not want it to yeah. be because you were enthusiastic, you were passionate and you had me, man. I didn't, I didn't hear what you said. I felt it. Like you are the dude that could sit down and have a beer and talk for an hour and a half with them. Okay. You know what? I think it starts in the interviews. I think it starts with the people themselves. So I look at the people and I go, you know, anytime I come into a company, I do a lot of sales audits and I will say, give me the story. I don't say, give me the pitch. I say, give Mm. me the story about why you work here. Why do you care about solving these problems? And you just listen and you hear what they have to say. Now, if you hear what I'm saying right now, you can tell that I have passion in what I do. You will hear passion or lack of passion in a lot of what your team or sales reps will say. You can identify who's curious or not, who's reading about this stuff at night or on the weekends, what newsletters are they subscribing to, what books are they reading, what communities are they involved in, what what people and influencers are they following on LinkedIn and Twitter. Like you can identify based on how they speak about all of those types of things. As a leader, I recruit for that. As if I'm coming into a company, I am super, super curious around who's doing what. And then I encourage them. I might share books. I might share philosophies. I might share people they should talk to. I can bring in ideal customer profiles and have uh, Q&A sessions with my team to say, hey, This is not a sales pitch. This is you get to fire as many questions as you want at this ICP to learn about them as a person, about what it is they think about. And I drill on that. I mean, I focus on four major things in every recruiting. I focus on uh, curiosity. I focus on resourcefulness. I focus on coachability. And I focus on adaptability. You get those four things inside of a salesperson, and you better just get the hell out of their way because they're going to go make you a ton of money. Okay. I want to go over those four things a little bit more. That, that's too much gold to just let you do a flyby on there. Okay. <laughs> so let's hit the four things, not like too much depth. Cause I've been telling you, we could take the rest of the show, but I'd like to make sure that every single one of my, my leaders that's listening, here's your four things. What's, what's number one again. Number one, curiosity. We so, talked about that a little bit, but yeah, go ahead and put a bow on it. So something as simple as, hey, tell me the last thing that you geeked out about, right? Hear the passion in their voice about it. 
Uh, hey, I, I, you know, I'm really interested in ABC. Tell me how you did that. Hey, you w- wanted to learn how to code and you figured it out all by yourself on how to code or, hey, you traveled the, the world by yourself. How did you figure out how to do that? Why did you get so geeked out about that? Then ask them about why this company and see if any of that passion even remotely tricks over. Is this a job or the job? Do they want a job or do they want that specific role at that company? Love it. That's curiosity. Number two, resourcefulness, which kind of, you'll see how they all weave together. Resourcefulness. How'd you get to me? How'd you get in this interview? How'd you do the last thing that you did that you geeked out about? Uh, If you were in sales in the past, tell me how you figured out how to be successful. Tell me something that was, that you didn't have a ton of structure around and you were able to excel at it. And I listened to the story. I don't really necessarily care what it is you say. I also care about how you say it, what that, that, that story is versus what the actual like thing that you learned or, uh, you know, uh, conducted or whatever it is. Number three, coachability. I look at it in two forms. One is uh, coachability from me. So I typically will do something inside of the interview or inside of training to identify are you willing to listen to anybody else or are your walls up and you're the greatest person in the world and you don't want to listen to what anybody else has to say? Are you trying to get better? Are you trying to improve? Are you humble and understand that you can constantly improve? The second part of it is self-coachability. So are you looking at what you do on your own and critiquing yourself and saying, this is where I'm going to invest? I identify that these three things are not where I'm the strongest and I'm going to invest in that. And then the fourth one is going to be adaptability. So sales, you're going to get your butt kicked. Like it's going to happen and it got to be able to understand what needs to change. And you can't get so focused and so structured that you're unable to kind of move around, whether it's with a time boxing exercise for your, for your week whether it's who you're prospecting into, it could be your territory changes, it could be your job changes, it could be your product changes, it could be your company vision changes, that adaptability. You put those four things into somebody, and there's a handful of other things, obviously, we look for, but those are the four key pillars that I look for, and that's a great person right there. What I love is none of this is you saying, how well do you follow the script? Uh, I love this. This is... Well, that, that's a nugget I didn't expect us to get, get to today. So I, I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, I so- think the best prospectors make uh, are curious. Like you just are naturally curious. I mean, some of the best sales reps I see think that what they sell and the problems they sell into the organization are the coolest thing in the world. That cannot be trained when you're in a conversation. I cannot teach you how to be over the top excited about selling to ABC company. If you think that it is the coolest thing in the world, that is going to come out and people are attracted to that. It comes out in your writing, your calls, your videos, like whatever it is that you're doing, it comes out. So I've had a belief, I've had a belief for a long time that the first sale that has to happen has to happen in the heart of the salesperson and that sales, I I didn't say this. A lot of people have said this before me. Sales is the transfer of enthusiasm, right? Yeah. And and that means we got to have belief. So, so let's sit in belief for a minute. Dude, your passion is fun, man. I, 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 you're going to have to come back again when we're done with this episode, you're going to have to come back for a round two. We're going to have the encore, man. The the encore is always better than the concert. You already know that, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. um, so let's talk about leaders if we want to fuel belief and if we want to fuel curiosity. So I love that you say hire for it. Okay. That's good. We should have systems to hire for it. Now we've got to make sure that we keep that fire burning, right? I mean, burnout is a real thing right now. That's happening in a lot of places. I love what you said, you know, that you're looking for people on who's reading, who's curious, who's fueling the curiosity with what they're listening to, consuming. It would occur to me as I listen to you, because I'm always trying to turn what we say into like actionable things for our sales leaders. Yeah. Is it helpful for a sales leader to help fuel that curiosity by like suggesting things to follow, sharing things for people to consume? Here's why I thought this was great. This made me think of X, Y, and Z. Or And and, and are there ways that a sales leader can try and inject some of that stuff and create a culture 
of curiosity, not just hire curious people, but actually create a culture of curiosity? Is that possible? Yeah, I, uh, I call it the book club. Remember back in the day that you have a, you have a book club and everybody has to read the same book and you come in and you're always like, where am I going to go with this? This is kind of stupid. Like, I'm not sure if I'm actually going to get out of this anything. And then all of a sudden this like conversations begins to go. You have this moderator who leads the book club and you start asking some questions about some of the characters and things that happen. And all of a sudden you have this really, really in-depth conversation uh, throughout. And it's usually an hour or two hours. So what I like to do is I like to have what I call the book club on a weekly or monthly or quarterly, however, whatever you want to do basis. I like to do it uh, usually on like a bi-monthly basis, but I'll speed it up for uh, younger sales orgs. And what we'll do is we'll say everybody needs to read A, B, and C. So it'll pick like maybe a book, maybe it'll be a blog, maybe it'll follow some influencer and read the last 10 or 20 posts that the person had. Perfect. And we'll all come together and for an hour. There's no metrics. There's no um, trainings. There's no like anticipation around like, or excuse me, expectations around what you're supposed to get out of it other than learning. And it's everybody sharing their version of what it is that they read. Now, everybody reads the same thing and everyone's going to come at it from a different angle and everyone shares. And it's all about your customer a sales strategy, something that will allow you to generate and jumpstart that curiosity. And then I think the sales leader can add to it by suggesting additional resources, doing it consistently. I feel like every time we put this into play, people love it, Mm. but then we leave and the sales leader stops doing it. It's the consistency. People like it. It's it's kind of like when your company does happy hour, but without the actual alcohol and people can just go and have a good time and benefit themselves and benefit everybody around. It's a great team bonding thing. I really like this, Alex. I, I like the idea of, of getting past the number because like what's occurring to me as I listen to you, I thought we were going to talk about different you know, prospecting, modern prospecting, how it's changed, what you're telling me, what I'm reading really loud and clear. And I think is a way more powerful message is that intent is more important than technique. Curiosity is what will make you genuine. It'll make it so you're attractive. It'll make it so it's contagious. It'll make it so you're irresistible. Like finding people who are genuinely interested and think what, not just what they do is super cool to what you said, but that this problem that we help solve man, it matters. Like it, we got to have this conversation because it really matters. You put well, all that together. I can teach you the steps on how to prospect, how to write an email, how to make a cold call, how to create a video message. Uh, what, what is posting on LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff look like? Uh, what does a cadence look like and the different types of strategies that you can put behind that? What are the metrics and the quantitative goals? Like all of those things make up the system of a a playbook. But it's very like, here, follow this. I'll teach you. We reinforce it. And you can like see your skill improve. Same way you get better at basketball or running or whatever it is. But the part that I think that people go, how do I go from, I'm kind of good at sales. This is kind of interesting. Sometimes I make my quota. Sometimes I don't. Pretty much I'm super stressed at the end of the year because my boss is yelling at me about the holidays, about what to do. Versus, How do I forget the quota? How do I surpass quota in month four? And I focus on hitting all of my personal goals. How do I focus on elevating my income to a level that is unmatched, that is not even thought of? How do I build a sustainable system that works for me as opposed to trying to just beat my head against the wall to hit some random number that I didn't even get a say in actually being able to say if I would do it or not, or if it's even feasible or not. So I look at it and I stretch them apart. I can teach you how to sell. I can teach you how to prospect. And I am ultra confident in that. I cannot teach you if you are not motivated, if you are not driven, if you are not curious, like I don't believe that I can do those things to you. 
I can create a motivating in it in a motivating environment in a curious environment, but I cannot motivate you. You don't want to do it. You don't really care about the solution. You don't want to put in the work. Like, all right, cool. Go somewhere else. I'll get somebody who actually does. I love that maybe more than anything you've said. I, I, you just channeled the very first guest we ever had here. His name is Robert Beatty. Uh, great, great sales leader, terrific sales leader. And he said, my job is to not motivate. My job is to create an environment where the motivated succeed. Yeah. And I love that. It got, it drew some people saying, Hey, I'm not so sure. I think we should motivate. And I'm glad to hear you say that because we can't, that's fake motivation. You try and do things to make them change behavior for a minute. And then as soon as the motivating event is done, they go back to what they used to do. Right. Exactly. And, and that's why I'm glad you, you pointed that out. I, I don't think that our job is to try to fake motivate. Our job is to create systems and environments where motivated, curious people can succeed. Now we have about 10 minutes left and we're going to give time to have them learn more about you, et cetera. I'd love it if we could have a couple of quick little places that would go quickly. I, I just can't believe it's because your passion, man, you sucked me in and I I sit in here forever. Let's two things. First, the first, let's go on two sides of the coin. Are there one or two things that right now you're seeing being particularly helpful in the prospecting effort? And then on the back side of the coin is, are there one or two things that you people, you see people either still doing or starting to do that you say, stop doing that right now. Any, any positive or negatives that you can give our listeners as a couple things to be mindful of as they go into the year? Um, I would say uh, less is more. Um, so the, the reps that I see who are actually not trying to hit 2000 emails every week and 400 calls every single week, um, the ones who are doing uh, 20 calls, uh, maybe 10 emails, like quality stuff every day, that's the ones that I see actually having the most success very tactical, very strategic before you get tactical. That's where the ones that I see are having the most success because it's not this anxiety driven stress game of doing so much more. They're taking quality at bats. Mm. I see so many times that reps are so focused on just getting to the plate and swinging that they just close their eyes. They don't even care. They just want to swing. And you know what? Give me a handful of chances at the plate, but I know exactly where the pitcher is going to throw the ball. I want quality reps. I want to practice. I want to prepare so that I've done my research strategically that I'm reaching out to a specific company, to a specific person, a specific role, and I know what they're dealing with. About a specific problem, right? About a specific problem, yeah. Then I'm going to be able to have a very, very high probability to turn that into something. So I'm really, really happy you picked that as one, Alex, because I do get involved in, in sometimes with my clients with deal coaching, because there's too many times managers just try to go win deals for people. Oh, and yeah. so deal coaching is way different than deal chasing, right? Oh, yeah. And the number one question that I ask when I help with deal coaching is, what's the problem that everybody agrees is worth solving? What, what problem did they tell you that's worth solving? Which one? And I think that the prospecting version of that is, is why did you choose them, right? Why did you sure. choose them? You should be able to answer that with, with high levels of specifics, not just generally, right? Every time. Uh, it, is, it is like, the, I don't know, maybe the second slide inside the playbook that I have, but it's why are you going to, why did you reach out to them? Like, why them? Of all the companies in the entire world, why did you reach out to them? Because you heard of that company before? Congratulations. Like, why? Like, come in with some kind of strategy, some kind of reasoning. And don't tell me that because they are in that one industry that you know that your company can sell to. Like, why them? The more targeted, the more narrow you can be with that, you're instantly giving yourself a better chance. You find more people in that small bucket. Talk about replicating results. That's awesome. Um, give me another one. That's a, that's a great pointer. You got one more that you would say like for our leaders, Hey, this is something you ought to be looking at doing this year. Um, I would drill on video messaging. I was hoping you'd say that too. Tell me why. <laughs> I, I, um, I mean, I'm a big fan of multi-threaded approach, so don't get me wrong. You shouldn't, you shouldn't just like only do video messaging, but I found that instead of a 15 or 20 step cadence, 
Um, you can then all of a sudden get to a three, four, five step cadence with a video because I, I can see you. I show, I, I can hear you. So I can see you. I can, I see that you're a human and you're not a robot. I can hear the passion in your voice. I feel like you can say a ton more in a short amount of time. You can make it fun and you stand out. Like it's just different. Is there any secrets to making video good versus bad? I mean, I know messaging matters. Like yeah. if we're talking email, a lot of it's subject line or, or, or your messaging. Any, any, like you said, drilling on video. So yeah. Alex, you're an expert at it. You, this is part of your playbook. You're, you're great at it. Yeah. A lot of our listeners aren't yet. I mean, I'm still blown away that, that video is still in some cases emerging. Is there yeah. a couple of things you'd say, Hey, if you're going to do video, here's a couple of things you should think about. Um, so number one, uh, stand up. <laughs> Stand up when you do it. You're going to have uh, a lot more energy and you come across. It's just, it's better. Like I look like I'm taller than I really am right now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel, I feel like I'm in the game um, Two, keep it under. I try to keep it under 45 seconds. Um, wow. If you go, if you go over a minute, so I'll, I'll say 60 minutes or 60 seconds is the longest. If you go over 60 seconds, it's just too much, but I really try to get under 45 seconds. If you can stick under there, it's easy to digest. It's easy to listen to. And, and you're not running on, on and on and on. Uh, three, I would say, pick a pain point. Talk about the pain point that you solve. So, hey, Rob, I see that you are a sales leader and you are struggling to generate outbound opportunities that actually stick and you're just chasing ghosts after ghost after ghost. That's exactly what we do in a help. I'd love to talk to you if, if you're interested. Peace. Like that's out. Love it. You have no idea what it is that I do to solve that problem. It doesn't matter what I do because nobody cares what I do. They care if either A, you have the problem or B, you don't have the problem. If you don't have the problem, cool. Like, I'll see you when I see you. But if you do, now let's chat. Now let, I'll share why my way is the right way to solve it this way. Yeah. So good, man. So good. You lead. That's a perfect example of two things that too many people train, turn into buzzwords. You know, 90% of persuasion is, is both empathy, empathy and competency. Too many salespeople leave with competency. We got this thing that nobody cares about. You leave with empathy, the thing, I get you. I care about what you care about. Then competency can do its job later, right? Um, All right. So what? last thing before we get to talk about you and wrap this thing up. What's the one thing you you would tell my, like you already said, less is more. That's great. What's one thing you would say, listen, sales leaders, if you just stop them, like here's two or three things to do great. If there was one thing I would say, put an end to this. If you haven't already, what would it be? Um telling instead of showing. Ooh, can you give me just a little under the surface on that? I like that. So I would, I hear a lot. Um, you need to, you need to talk more about the pain, but they don't actually say like, this is how you, we, we can discuss it. So that little like rant that I just had about, you know, deal chasing, like I just made that up from scratch, but like actually going in and showing the sales or showing the prospect, how it's done or showing, excuse me, showing the sales rep with the prospect, how it's done, like showing them you do it, then they can see how you do it. It can be live in front of the prospect, or it can be through video. So AKA plugging video again, it's a great training tool, especially in a remote environment. You can do scenarios where you actually can record how you are explaining what you are trying to tell them to do. So Hey, you need to uh, set up the call more when you are doing your uh, discovery call. How do you do that? Hey, Rob, this is Alex. Thank you so much for taking the time today. What I'd like to do first is you can tell me a little bit more about your company and why you're dealing with what you're dealing. I'll tell you more about my company and why we do what we do. Then we'll connect the dots and we'll go from there. Sound fair? So it's all about showing your team how you are expecting them to sell. You're giving them feedback. It's hard to like digest all of this feedback from LinkedIn and Twitter and blogs and all these places. In addition to my sales manager saying, you need to call better. Mm. You, need, you, need, you need to make it more about the customer. You need to set up the call better. You need to nail, you, you forgot to talk about next steps properly. What does, ne- how, what does that mean? 
show me. Perfect. Okay, man, we're going to do three questions, rapid fire, real fast. We're, we're running up and then we'll give people a chance to connect to you. And then I want to give you another minute or two on your final thoughts on what we've talked about today. Is that, that cool? Let's do it. Okay. Three questions, rapid fire. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. Number one, biggest sales leadership challenge you're seeing right now. And how do you suggest leaders overcome it? Uh, coaching. Um, actually, now you're talking that- dirty to me. Now <laughs> you're talking dirty, dude. Uh, there's a difference between managing and coaching. And I think that it's one thing to actually train uh, your people. It's another thing to actually coach them, hold them accountable and show measurable improvement. I think most sales managers have no idea how to coach and uh, organizations need to invest in their leadership and help them develop the skills in order to coach their team. Boom. Thank you. That we could have just had that and that would have been perfect <laughs> for the whole thing too. Number two, you've talked about building teams and, and right now there's a lot of hiring going on as you've yep. seen. Okay. When you're building a team and you're adding people to, to it, I love that you've already addressed this. Do you have a go-to interview question or topic? And if so, what are you looking for when you, when you leverage those? Um, so I use a scorecard, a sales scorecard or interview scorecard. I have, um, I, I personally have uh, 10 attributes that I specifically am looking cool. for. And I have questions assigned to each and every single one of those. Um, I have, I, I mean, the curiosity one's my big one. I like to ask what you geeked out about. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites is tell me about a time where, uh, you just got your butt kicked on something and what happened? How did you overcome that? What was the result? Um, and that all ties to coachability. So I I'm, I'm specifically asking questions to hear how you respond, um, what you had to do. Tell me about the story. Are you concise? Or are you tangent all over the place? Okay. These are gold, man. You are a walking soundbite. I love talking <laughs> to you, Alex. You're, you're, you're my kind of dude. Last one. Um, <laughs> leaders, the great leaders, the elite leaders, they never stop learning. They never stop growing. It's always what's next, right? Uh, yeah. And sometimes that means reading. And I don't care if it's books that you're turning or aud- audibles that you're listening to, or even if it's podcasts or blogs. Is there something that you would recommend to our listeners that they start consuming to help further their leadership career? Um, I would uh, join LinkedIn in an engagement kind of way. Um, I think that LinkedIn is a place that is very underutilized. Um, A lot of sales reps, specifically those who prospect, find it as the way to find leads and personalize information and that type of thing. Um, I was a longtime LinkedIn user and never posted a single thing, never commented and never really looked at the newsfeed and um, started to kind of engage, comment. And now I post every day and it is one of the greatest learning places I have ever been. Um, The the relationships that you build with people, the the context that you uh, understand, the different ways um, that people kind of talk about scenarios and different types of information is the best. Um, I have learned more from posting and commenting and then actually having one-on-ones with some of the greatest sales leaders in the country, even the world, yep. just based on LinkedIn. And there's so much to consume. And then it can be brought over into different communities and one-on-one conversations. So if you want something that's fun and sustainable, that's where I'd start. Another great piece of advice. So let's, let's wrap this now. We are, we're, we're, we're here at the end. How do they get more of you, Alex? You're going to have a lot of people. They're going to say, man, I want to connect to that guy, or I want to talk to that guy, or maybe they need a sales audit, or maybe they want to get a hold of your playbook, which I would tell you, you should check out. Uh, how do they keep the conversation going? How do they start the conversation? How do they get, how do they get to see what you're putting out there on LinkedIn every day? How, how do they get more of you? Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm super active in two places. One is LinkedIn and the other one is my website. So I'm updating all kinds of things there, creating some playbooks and guidebooks and things like that. Uh, but I post every day on LinkedIn. Um, I'm learning Twitter and I'm going to eventually like get into that world a little bit more. But LinkedIn is my, uh, is my jam, 100%. You can follow me, uh, engage with me, connect with me. It's the best way. And what's your website? AlexNewman.com. Okay. We'll put that in the notes. We'll put the link to get to the, 
um, prospecting playbook uh, in the notes, which you've already talked about. I, I, I thank you so much, man. You, you are awesome. I love the energy. I love the insight. Most of all, I love the passion and the authenticity you have. Do you have like one or two sentences just like to sum up? Cause we are at a time. I'd love to give you like a final thought to these sales leaders as they go charging, you know, down the road that's called 2022. Yeah. Um, I, I'll give a quote that my uncle always said. Um, and it's what I started with is learn how to sell and you'll never go hungry. I, I've evolved that to learn how to prospect and you'll never go hungry. And um, if you, if you really understand the mechanics, the strategies and how to generate business for yourself, you can do anything. It goes into any position in any role, but if you are a sales person and that is the career that you pick, learn how to prospect and really invest in understanding the foundational skills of prospecting. It will help you in every role, all the way to CEO, board member, whatever you want. Prospecting is one of the single greatest skills you can ever learn. Don't skimp on it. Like invest in yourself in learning it. Drop that mic for the like 10th time in this conversation, Alex. I mean, that was awesome. Hey, I want to thank you, Alex. His name is Alex Newman. He is helping sales people, sales leaders, sales teams all around the world fuel these big fat pipelines that start with taking a hit from this uh, needle called curiosity and, uh, and using that to help people create these authentic connections where people enjoy buying from you rather than having to put up with you. So Alex, thank you so much for what you do for our community. Thank you even more for what you've done for our listeners today. And as I say to everyone, brother, happy selling. Hey everyone, welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. If you're like most sales leaders, you've got killer sales process, proven sales tools, and great sales training in place, but you've been left on your own to figure out your sales leadership process, your sales leadership tools, and maybe most important, your sales leadership training. And while there's no shortcuts to success, you can get there faster if you take the most direct route. That's why Sales Leadership United is so important. Listen, if you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love the the sales leadership content in our community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. You can find it on Patreon, and I want you to think of it like a Home Depot for sales leaders. You'll find video excerpts of this and all of our podcasts in three to five minute segments all tagged and organized by topic to help you in your leadership journey. You'll find my very best content and over 100 hours of sales leadership training materials. You can find everything you need to fuel your sales leadership journey in Sales Leadership United. So don't go reinvent sales leadership. Tap into proven training and proven techniques used by some of the world's most successful sales leaders and head over to Sales Leadership United right now. Alex Newman. He's turning a tons of head, ton of heads right now, and all for good reason. He has strong takes and great process to what he does. I hope you're able to gather just how insightful this guy is when it comes to um, helping sales leaders, particularly in that side of prospecting. Alex, uh, I think all of us have a ton that we can learn from Alex about how we can build so- strong sales process that scales. I've gone back and listened to this one a couple of times as I prepared to release it. And man, I like Alex more every single time I listen to him. I think one of his best pieces of advice comes when he talks about being intentional about moving past surface level training. In fact, I think that's one of the themes that Alex has is this this need to move beyond surface level. And, and, And I think there's a more profound statement there than it may seem at face value. Because the question Alex posed all through this conversation he had with me is around the idea of, what are you curious about? Now, there's an old phrase that curiosity killed the cat. But I'll tell you as a sales leader, curiosity never killed the customer and it never killed the deal. And what really jumps at me is how important it is for each of us to fuel the curiosity of our reps as a leader. So as a leader, you should be asking yourself right now, how do I fuel curiosity? 
Listen, I'm a big believer that we got to choose growth over the grind. I've been talking a lot about it this year, uh, and, and nothing's more true of that when it comes to this. You're going to be able to choose growth over the grind if you can get more curious. And so as I think about this curiosity topic, it reminds me of a lesson I learned from one of the great sales leaders of all time, Don Cash. I hosted a sales conference a few years ago here in Salt Lake City, and it featured some great guest speakers, people from Outreach, people from Salesforce. Jill Conrath was there. Don Cash was there. And Don had had an amazing run of helping a number of fast-growing tech companies, and he'd had more than one exit. And at the time of this conference, he was running global inside sales for BMC Software. His speech that he gave for me that day was titled, How to Hire Salespeople That Kick Ass. He's actually written a couple of articles on it for me as well. And in his speech, he talked about the number one thing he interviewed for and how he did it. And this, this thing, this thing he just talked about that he said that in his experience was the number one ga- catalyst for meeting an average to an ass-kicking performer is an attribute that you probably can guess. And if you've guessed it, congratulations. That attribute is curiosity. And when I listened to Alex, I was channeling my old friend Don Cash. At the end of Don's speech, he offered to give us his hiring guide for any of the attendees. It was his blueprint to hiring salespeople fueled by curiosity. In fact, if any of you want this guide, I will gladly send it to you if you just shoot me an email at rob at jeppg.com. I'll put it in the show notes so so it's easy for you to find. And this is one of my ways of telling you that I completely agree with Alex's perspective. Curiosity is massively important. And it's something that you need to be focused on, hiring to, and coaching to. I believe that you'll have much more success in finding ways to build your pipeline if you're more curious about the companies you work with. It was pure gold when Alex suggested we should learn the story of each company. And and, then... and then the people that work there and the, and the things that they're doing and, and the, the passion points that they have, what fuels the people. And he went on to say that as sales leaders, we can do the same thing. We need to be curious about the people we lead so we can help them be curious about the people they're selling to. Because the more curious you are, the more curious you're going to be about what you sell to the customers you serve. And in fact, I think Alex is right. The curiosity is going to build belief super fast. Maybe faster than anything else. Because it's true. You have to be excited about what you sell. I've said it for years. I don't know who came up with it, but I buy into it. Sales is a transfer of enthusiasm. And you're going to find your enthusiasm for your ability to help your client change. It's It's going to change remarkably fast as you have curiosity about their story. Curiosity about their reality. Curiosity about their vision and where they're going. Their goals, their ambitions. Curiosity about their problems and their challenges. And, and curiosity about their reason for being in business. The more you know, the easier it is for you to be genuinely enthusiastic about your ability to help them. Curiosity. It will fuel how you prospect. And if your pipeline is your lifeline, and I believe it is, then curiosity is the thing that will help you become an elite sales leader of an elite sales team. So help your team become more curious. Hire for curiosity coached curiosity practice exercising curiosity show them what curiosity looks like don't just ask questions to set up your pitch have real genuine conversations fueled by an authentic curiosity the kind that leads you to learning all you can about the prospects you engage the kind that lead you to having powerful conversations the kind that help you connect before you'd ever try to correct i'm telling you Dive into curiosity this week. You will be so pumped that you did. And if you can create a culture of curiosity, your team is going to be more successful across the board and individually. So Alex, thanks so much for joining me this week. I love your passion for sales leadership and the creation of opportunities by being more curious. And I love the excitement you share for helping create teams that have more consistency and predictability. But I love it the most because you're all about growth. And not just the grind, not just making more calls or sending more emails, not just having more work ethic and more discipline. You're all about helping people get better. And and that's the jam. Okay. That is absolutely the jam. You help people by connecting better, by believing more, by becoming more. And to each of our listeners, if you have not connected with Alex yet, 
do it. Check out his prospecting playbook. I have a link to the playbook in the show notes. And if you're not following Alex, he will quickly become one of your favorite follows. If you want to see video snippets of my conversation with Alex in three to five minute chunks on topics that you care about most, head over Sales Leadership United. I'll be dropping in video clips from this and other episodes throughout every single week. And if you haven't checked out Sales Leadership United, give it a look. You'll be glad you did. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. If you liked this episode with Alex, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you can give us is to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it. And be elite. Live strong. Chase your passions. And don't worry. Just execute. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.